Welcome to Tales from Tech Support, Mechanics Edition. That's right, even mechanics deal with some crazy mistakes and blunders. So let's head from the office into the garage and see what these crazy kids are up to. I'm Uncle Reddit, and have I got some stories for you. Too Smart to Follow Directions One day, as a Saab 99 mechanic, I was very into these cars. Two gents from the jet engine factory at GE showed up and had a Saab 99 leaking both oil and coolant out of everywhere it seemed. Oil and coolant was blowing out the tailpipes and was blowing out between the alloy cylinder head and the cast iron block. At the time there was a recall for Saab heads and at first I thought this was a worst case porous head. I had seen a few leaking coolant right through the alloy but nothing like this. I began to tear the engine down. In step-by-step, orderly way, knowing which tool to grab the instant it was called for with no error or checking sizes. These guys were asking me questions, which at first I was answering in the best way I knew how, and hearing about what great engineers these two birds were. Then one said they removed the head and milled it to one ten-thousandths of an inch, and there was no head gasket anymore. One ten-thousandths is not a typo. At that point, I knew why the Saab was leaking this way, and I planned to have it fixed within a couple of hours, with a good cleaning out and a K1 flush in the crankcase. I hadn't said the plan at that point and let these guys talk. I finally asked them to leave me to my business and go wait or leave the dealership, but they continued to ask questions. I told them that this car would be fixed with a flush and a head gasket and things began to go wrong. They didn't want my fix and said so. Looking down their long noses at my lowly mechanical skills and continued to ask more questions. At that point, I had had it, and demanded that they leave my bay. They refused. I went to my toolbox and got a yellow tire crayon, and drew an oval around the car about three feet out, and went back to work. They asked more questions. Each time, now, when they did ask a question, I wiped off my hands and stepped over the line, and answered. When I was done talking, I stepped back over the line and continued to tear the engine down. Pretty soon they took notice of this new habit, and asked me why I would clean my hands and step over the line before any answer was forthcoming. Once again, I wiped my hands and stepped over the line and I said, On this side of the line, pointing to the car side, you're paying me to fix the car with a new gasket and a flush. So as the coolant is cleaned off, friction and bearing surfaces, so far as is possible, without a total teardown, in which I have had success. And then on this side, away from your car, You're paying me to BS around and talk. That did it. Off they went to see the service manager to complain. All three came back, and the service manager asked me what I was doing. Once more, I wiped my hands and stepped over the line. I told the service manager what I knew and why the car was leaking so badly. And at that, I had asked these gents to leave me be numerous times, pointing out it was policy. The service manager looked at these two jokers and asked if they would like the parts in a box and if he could call a wrecker to take their car to some other shop. They left, and I fixed that car. Yeah, listen. Engineers are great. They're smart. They're they're good at what they do in their specialty. Engineer is not all-encompassing. It doesn't mean you can work on anything and everything and make it better. I mean, I've seen engineers that can't can't wash a car properly, can't hammer a nail properly, just because you're an engineer doesn't make you smarter than everybody else. This guy was a mechanic, that was his specialty, that's what he knew. They should have shut up and let him do his job. Hearing things. 
An old lady brought her new Olds 88 into our dealer, complaining of a whirring sound from up front. Our head tech took it out for a test drive, came back, couldn't replicate the sound. So we sent the little old lady on her way. About 30 minutes later, she comes back complaining about the sound again. The head tech offered to go on a ride with her so she could point out the sound. They were gone about 10 minutes, when I stepped outside for a smoke and saw the tech with the hood popped, pointing into the engine bay and explaining the problem to her. She left and he came walking up. I asked him what the deal was. He said she was unaware that it was the radiator fan kicking on and off. He assured her the noise is normal, and it's a good thing she's hearing it because it means that it's working properly. Lol. Yeah, I mean, I've sort of had those little butterflies in my stomach before when I've gotten a newer car or new-to-me car, and it makes different sounds depending on what type of car it is and everything else. You know, a new fan sound, a, you know, just everything sounds different. The engine sounds different, the highway noise sounds different, get new tires, it sounds different, so... Yeah, I can get being a little nervous about it. At least you had the wherewithal to ask and not, you know, act like everybody else was stupid. You get what you pay for. I was a service and parts manager at an import car repair facility in the early 80s. A fellow came in with an MG midget that needed a clutch. I gave him the price and he thought it was high and decided to just buy the parts and do it himself. If you have ever had the pleasure of doing this job, the engine has to be removed as the transmission is completely enclosed in a tunnel. This rocket scientist cut the trans tunnel out for access to the transmission, destroying the integrity of the body, which folded in the middle. I mean, why do people think those body panels are there? Do they think it's just a, you know, a rock guard or, you know, decoration? On cars that are that small from that era, every body part has a job to do. I've seen people remove, you know, braces from under the hood of certain cars from the 80s and 90s and never put them back and then they wonder why things start to rattle apart after a while. What does it all mean? For a while, I worked for a local Audi slash Porsche dealer. Porsche? Porsche. We've done this before. As a shuttle driver and a service greeter. One day, this woman pulls in with her 2000-ish A6 Avant. She rolls down the window as I say hello and ask her how she's doing. She points at the dashboard and says, This funny light came on. I look at the gauges and see the check engine light, and on this particular vehicle, it has the engine icon with a lightning bolt going through it and the word check under that. That's the check engine light, I replied. No, see, it's this funny thing with an icon and a lightning bolt. See, right here. That's the check engine light, I repeated. Well, what does it mean, she asked. I might add, her attitude could definitely have used some improvement, but being a nice guy, I played it cool. Well, there are many different things that it could mean, but if you go see one of the service consultants in there, they'll be able to plug in the computer and find out what's wrong. She gives me this disgusted look and says in this, you freaking idiot, tone, So you don't know what it means? <laughs> I bit my lip and said, why don't you just go speak with them? They'll be able to help you out better than I can. Ah, Karen strikes again. Yeah, that light could mean like any one of hundreds of things, honestly. There's different combinations of, you know, trouble codes that it could mean. You know, it's just a general sign. Get that thing to a mechanic is what it means. Or a shop that can plug in the computer and narrow it down for you and tell you 
most likely what the problem is. Sometimes even that's not 100% foolproof. People and their attitudes. Just ignore all the signs. Not a mechanic story, but about 20 years ago, we respond to a vehicle fire on a steep road about 5,000 foot elevation. Fully involved engine compartment. We put it out, total loss, and my captain asked the guy if he had any idea what caused it. The guy says, nope, the car was running fine, but the oil light came on at the bottom of the hill. <sighs> the bottom of the hill was at 2,000 foot elevation and about 9 miles away. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so you basically starved the engine of oil and ran the crap out of it. You are a genius. Theft is not a workaround. Had this guy that had given me a non-sufficient funds check and had trouble collecting later on. He has me do some work and I call to say the car is done. Never comes by. Late Friday night I remove the rotor from the distributor so the car can't be taken over the weekend. Sure enough, on Monday morning I see the car had been moved a few feet forward from its location. An hour or so later he comes by saying that the car was not fixed. Au contraire. I fixed the car but removed the rotor so it could not be stolen. He left for a while and came back with cash. Good for you. Listen, I know we get desperate times and everything else, but yeah, that's theft of services. And parts. Mechanics aren't stupid, they know you've got another set of keys. The old switcheroo. I took another beating. Installed a hand-rebuilt VW air-cooled engine. Nice and fresh paint. I had many sitting on a shelf in plain sight all set to plug in. Every part of everything was new. New pushrod tubes and all. Whole thing top shelf. This guy buys one installed and goes. He gets a deal since his dead engine is trade-in. About 60 days go by and he comes in on the hooker. Tow truck to the rest of us. Says my engine failed. I couldn't prove this rusting hulk wasn't my work, so I plugged in another one of my engines, but this time I recorded the serial numbers and stamped in my initials and took some 35mm pictures. This second engine he had was nasty and the sheet metal was rotten, so I could use the rods, cam and case maybe, but not any of the sheet metals. To me it was pretty clear that the engine sat on the ground in some junkyard a long time, but I had no way to prove it. Sure enough, he comes back swearing that I'm no good, and he has another engine like that second one. I excused myself and lied, saying that I had to make a record call, but I'd be back in 15 minutes, and gave him five bucks for coffee across the street. I went and got the cops, and had him arrested for theft and theft of services. What a surprise that was. I even got paid for the second engine he stole and my five bucks back in court. Seems he didn't ever know I stamped my initials and took pictures. Oh well, eh? Yeah, some people think they're slick, man, but, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he was switching the engine out. Good for him. What's that noise? Phone rings. Woman in a moving car tells me she hears a noise, then holds the phone outside the moving car for me to hear this noise. She comes back on and tells me about where she is. I made a comment that section of road is closed for repairs and wonder how she can even be there at all. I tell her to stop, since I could hear a wild scraping sound. I was thinking bad front wheel bearing. A really bad wheel bearing from what I could tell on the phone. It takes me about 10 minutes to get there, and before I can get out, I see the whole problem. Lol. In a flash, I'm out of the truck and under her parked car to drag out a big orange road cone. <laughs> no charges. It was worth just seeing that. 
Oh my gosh. I'm not sure this lady should be driving anymore, man. I mean, seriously. Hey, how do you not see that the road is completely closed? B, how do you run over a road cone? You gotta be almost blind to do that. I'm a professional. Installed a newly rebuilt engine in a bug for this sweet young looking girl. She picks up the car late Friday afternoon. Monday morning, it's sitting in my lot with oil all over the engine and rear of the car. Literally, oil all over the ground. What the heck happened, I'm thinking? I wait for her to call me for the particulars. She calls and said it started smoking a lot. I push it into the shop, jack it up. What an oily mess to see. Pop the valve cover and three quarts of oil dump onto my floor and me in the process. Found out later that she had driven to a gas station on Saturday night where a friend worked. And he looked at the shiny clean engine, checked the dipstick and wow, no oil. So he pours in three quarts of oil and she drives on her way. The idiot didn't see the clean oil mark on the dipstick. So now we have six quarts of oil in an engine that only requires three quarts. So much for gas station jockey mechanics. Yeah, this kind of comes back to your specialty. If you're a gas pump attendant, you may know some other things, but your specialty is pumping gas. You are not a mechanic. If you were, you would be in a mechanic shop with a wrench in your hand, not pumping gas. Slow down! I don't remember what it was called. It was a little red three-wheeled truck, and it had a three-cylinder, two-stroke engine. I had never seen one before, and haven't seen one since. The speedometer went up to something like 50, maybe 55 miles per hour. The guy wanted it tuned up, so I did. When I was done doing everything I could do, and all the stuff that was law in my shop, checking fluids, lubing doors, yada yada, I test drove just like everything else, and I could not get that truck to exceed 45 miles per hour. I checked and rechecked every detail I could think of, readjusted the carburetor, triple checked the exhaust, and there was just nothing I could do more. The customer shows up and I tell him there's a problem, and we head out for a ride. Now the truck will only do 43 miles per hour, and I look at the guy and he's turning gray. I ask if he feels okay, thinking he's angry and having a heart attack for real. He says, yeah, I feel fine, but can you slow down any? This truck has never done a thing over 28 miles per hour. <laughs> Oh my god, that's too funny. Uh, that little truck was probably doing just fine at 45 miles an hour. With the wind at your back going down a slight grade. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.